0: All right, open. Hmm, this looks new. Think it's safe? What is it? Uh... Okay, caution. There is a dangerous smell. People, hold on. What is that? This is disgust. She basically keeps Riley from being poisoned, physically and socially. That is not brightly colored or shaped like a dinosaur. Hold on, guys. It's broccoli. <laughs> Yucky. Yeah! Well. I just saved our lives. Yeah, Yeah, you're welcome. Riley, if you don't eat your dinner, you're not gonna get any dessert. Wait, did he just say we couldn't have dessert? That's anger. He cares very deeply about things being fair. So that's how you want to play it, old man? No dessert? Oh, sure. We'll eat our dinner right after you eat this! Riley, here comes an airplane. Oh, Oh. airplane. We got an airplane, everybody. (sighs) Well, I wonder if parents or siblings recognize this behavior in infants at mealtime. Pretty real and pretty funny when you see a child throw a tantrum. But when anger manifests in grown-ups, well, let's take a look. I've been waiting for ages.. What's the issue? Leave! Idiot. I didn't even ask for that. No, 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 no! What the hell are you? Sorry, you know you can't be here. What do you mean I can't be here? Anger is another of the seven deadly sins. The sin of anger is as old as sin itself certainly as old as when Cain killed his brother as told in the Genesis story. And while anger has always been part of the human experience, it seems to have reached toxic proportions in our culture today. Anger is one of the great sins of our time. Everywhere you look, people seem to be angry at someone or something. We live in an era when there is a harassed and knife-edge quality to daily life. Some people, so convinced their opinion is the only right one, even descend into violent civil disobedience. Respectful disagreement and peaceful protest, well, they seem almost extinct. Of the seven deadly sins, anger, if uncontrolled, can lead to calamitous results. That is why the Apostle James wrote, My dear believers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, for human anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. And Christians are not immune to feelings of anger, but we are called by God to become like Jesus. And if we are to lead righteous Christ-like lives, anger must be brought under the control of the Holy Spirit in our life. Sinful anger must also be recognized and called out. Is God always displeased when we get angry? Is anger always a sin? Well, I don't think so. It's important to remember that anger is not only an emotional response, it's a biochemical response as well. The human body is equipped with an automatic defense system called the flight or fight mechanism which prepares the entire body for action when we are threatened or physically attacked. Adrenaline is pumped into the bloodstream and sets off a series of physiological responses. For instance, your blood pressure increases in accordance with an acceleration in heartbeat. Your eyes dilate for better peripheral vision. Your hands get a bit sweaty and your mouth gets a bit dry. Your muscles are supplied with a sudden burst of energy. In moments, you are transformed from a quiet condition to an alarm condition ready for action. It's all an involuntary response that happens whether we will it or not. So to deny the reality of the emotion, it's like denying the existence of a toothache. And since God created this system as a means by which the body can protect itself against danger, I don't believe that experiencing the emotion of anger is itself sinful. Put simply, Anger is an emotion God has given us for good reasons, so we must only use it for good reasons. The goal in the believer's life is to learn how to express it so that it does not control us and lead us into sin. So how are we to do that? Well, firstly, we need to recognise that there are different types of anger. The Bible says, When you follow the desires of your sinful nature the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, says the Apostle Paul, as I have before that anyone living that sort of life will not likely inherit the kingdom of God. Not all anger is the same. In Jesus' day, rabbis use the word wrath to refer to a passionate anger. And an old Jewish proverb about anger says, anger is like a boiling tea kettle. Once it overflows, you have no idea where it's going to run or who it's going to burn. In fact, the Apostle Paul used eight different words in this passage in Galatians 5.20 that are related to the emotion of anger. Resentment is the most common form of anger. The Apostle James says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. You kill and you covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When we desire something and don't get it, or when our goals are frustrated, rather than feel the pain of disappointment, we react with anger because it hurts us less. And then there's rage. Rage is the most aggressive form of anger. It's vicious, explosive anger that seeks to hurt others verbally or physically. The word is so prevalent it has entered into the culture and language around us. There's road rage, parking rage, bike rage, trucker rage, mobile phone rage, supermarket trolley rage and checkout line rage. The list goes on. What makes anger so deadly to the Christ-like life we seek as Christians is that it too often flares suddenly, powerfully and irrationally. Rage takes no counsel of the future, no counsel of personal safety, and no counsel of the rights of others. It is dangerous and stands at the most harmful end of the anger spectrum. And then there's righteous indignation. Now, this is a deceptive emotion felt by perceived mistreatment and injustice, insult or malice towards others. It's the only true form of anger which is not sinful, well, at least in the beginning. Righteousness is a word meaning to act in accord with divine or moral law. It means hating the things that God hates, not just wanting God to hate what you hate, and being angry at the things God would want you to be angry at. There are things that happen in our community that we should be angry about because they make God angry like abortion and pornography and gambling and alcohol abuse, murder, domestic violence, illegal drugs, etc. Even when our anger is truly motivated by righteous indignation, we must be so careful that our good intentions are not sabotaged by Satan and used against us. He delights to do this, by the way, if we let him. There are times when anger is the right response. But I hasten to say that for every example in the Bible where anger is more justifiable, there are many more examples where anger leads to sin. And caution against anger is not just a biblical principle. Greek philosopher Aristotle wrote this, Anybody can become angry, that's easy. But to be angry with the right person, and to the right degree and at the right time and for the right purpose and in the right way, that is not within everybody's power and that is not easy. Indeed, that is why believers need to draw on the power of the Holy Spirit in all things. The Bible says everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. Now, the Bible does not command us to not be angry, but does tell us to be slow to anger. It also says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. The apostle is saying, oh, by the way, when you get angry, don't use it as an occasion to sin. It's not an excuse, people. Inappropriate ways of expressing anger lead to uncontrolled, indiscriminate, destructive physical and verbal aggression. So it's up to us and the inner work of God's Spirit to express our anger appropriately. And how do we do that? Well, here's a few things. Don't nurse your anger. The Bible says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. An interesting proverb says, For as churning the milk produces butter, and as twisting the nose produces blood, so stirring up anger produces strife. Secondly, don't rehearse your anger. Now, we all know people who go over their anger in their mind again and again and again in great detail. These are the folks who maintain their own little anger factories within themselves and they keep a steady supply of the emotion on hand. The remedy for rehearsing our anger is releasing our anger through forgiveness. Jesus said, For if you forgive people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive people their sins, your heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. And thirdly, Don't discuss your anger. The Apostle Paul said, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Words are simply too powerful to be used carelessly. And one reason is that angry conversation is infectious. Proverbs says, Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. If you struggle with anger, seek help, not an audience. And when you feel anger, don't nurse it, or rehearse it, or discuss it. Then it will be within your reach to reverse it, So what do I mean by anger in reverse? Well, we've all broken something or said something or done something and then wished we could rewind the film of life and reverse the damage. The time is irreversible. Jesus offers an alternative way. If someone makes us angry, we offer love in return. Instead of retaliation, we make an offering of peace. Now, peace, that's something that many Christians want for themselves, especially in troubled times. But I think Jesus would say, well, what are you going to do with that peace that I give you? Because it's not just for you. Peace reverses anger and helps us move towards others, especially when they are angry. Ephesians 6 says, Stand firm then with your feet fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Is this an easy thing to do? Not at all. We need healthy doses of wisdom, maturity and self-control in which maturing Christians are to excel. And that takes Christ in us. When Jesus willingly died on the cross, he reversed evil. When Jesus offered forgiveness instead of retaliation, a long chain of evil dating all the way back to creation was broken. And even more, a new pattern was established. Good for evil, blessings for curses, peace for anger and wrath. Selah.